Entrepreneurs Start Here helps you bridge the gap between now and what is next. We embrace taking action and leaning into your community to grow. Explore the ins and outs of being an entrepreneur and what it takes to truly start through candid interviews with innovators like you. This is the Entrepreneurs Start Here podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneurs Start Here podcast. I think we have a great episode for you guys today, uh, talking with Tony Valley. So we're talking about uh, a lot of different interesting things that I think you guys are going to find a lot of value in, uh, such as the value of focusing on people to grow a healthy business through systemized training. Uh, we're talking about how difficult it is in the modern age to stay focused, uh, talking about you know how your habits can dictate so much about your productivity and so much about your lifestyle. And uh, we're talking a little bit about tactical tips on how to overcome the difficulties that we face uh, today, uniquely compared to the past. Uh, we're talking about uh, how, how to buy a company, because, of course, Tony Valley himself has purchased several companies in his day. And uh, yeah, we got a few different topics lined up for you. Quentin, what, uh, what are your biggest takeaways from the episode? My biggest takeaway is pretty, pretty funny to be in the position to, to interview our CEO. So that was cool. I think the biggest thing that's standing out to me from our conversation was just the idea of just doing something. Uh, I see so many people, I mean, Tony mentioned actually in the episode is there's a bit of a mental health pandemic, for the lack of a better word going, going on. And I, I feel like what Tony said about just do something is, is kind of a, a really big, a really big, opportunity for people to overcome you know anxiety and kind of sitting and not doing anything not being sure what to do because there's so much that you can go and do right now it's like information overload and the simplicity of Tony with all his wisdom coming in and just saying like just do something was was definitely the biggest thing that I took away yeah absolutely that's something that resonated with me as well like you know you see so many people like you say uh, just being inactive. And I mean, you can see why you kind of hit those psychological traps with the world as it is these days, but people get so worried about all the different things they could do. They're not sure what they want to do after school. And what they end up doing is, is nothing. And I think that maybe it is true that a lot of the time just going out and picking something and sticking with it for years, like whether, you know, you go down the wrong path for three years probably is still better than going down no path at all for three years. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, what, what do you have looking back? So I think that was very cool. And something that I definitely have prescribed to personally, as, as you know. Even on the uh, micro scale, if you think about it, like I've been pretty decent, you as well, at, at trying to do stuff and try new things. But on the micro scale, I get caught in this trap all the time of if I have a long to-do list and I don't just start doing something, like it just, it's hard to get anything done. So I think just the idea of just do something, just, just go and do it. Like stop, think, think less, do more you know, a little less talk, a lot more action, that sort of, that sort of thing. Uh, that's definitely the standout for that. Yeah, great. So like I said, our guest, Tony Valley, he's currently the CEO and owner of uh, College Pro. Uh, he started as a franchisee in 1984. He moved into a general manager role before leaving to go get his MBA, but he came back to become the vice president from 1994 to 1999 before moving on to the parent franchising company in a leadership development role where he developed a lot of the systems and skills that we're going to be talking about on the episode. But uh, in 2007, came back, became CEO of College Pro for the first time there till 2017. And then, uh, of course, purchased the company in 2019. So now in his second stint as CEO. So someone who's near and dear to our hearts and, uh, you know, a very big part of, of our company and our brand. So super excited to have him on. And I hope you guys enjoy the episode. 
All right. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Start Here podcast. Thank you. How are you doing today? Uh, feeling very entrepreneurial today. I've used the word That's entrepreneur fun. probably 15 times today. Well, that's exactly the kind of day we wanted to catch you on, Tony. I'm glad you did that. Perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. And looking sharp as always, I know it's been your thing through uh, COVID to wear a button up shirt. I don't do it every day, but when I do, I do think of you and how you how you you made that a good habit. That comes from my dad, man. You're if you're going to work, you might as well go to work. No sweatpants under there either, is there? No, I got some jeans, some jeans. Jeans good. Okay. Still a little bit casual. Yeah, for sure. The Tony Valley style. Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. Um, Well, I guess speaking of your dad, we do want to take it all the way back. We're very, we we are very interested to hear who you you were, I guess, I guess. We know you as you are, and we have never really had the chance to hear like about your background, what you were like as a kid, um, all that, all that interesting stuff. I guess way uh, I'll send. I'll make sure to send you all my report cards because it was pr- <laughs> probably pretty consistent from kindergarten on. I didn't speak English until going to kindergarten. What did you? So speak? It, uh, Italian. Italian. So it, it it you know growing up and I I don't know how far back you want to go, but immigrant uh, parents they were neighbors in Italy. They came here a quasi arranged marriage. Uh, they came here and, and, and my first memories are living in a house with 12 people in, you know, near where I'm living right now. Uh, and then that slowly went down to my family my, with my grandmother living with us, but really very much uh, the Canadian immigrant story or Toronto immigrant story where we, everyone, they helped everyone come to Canada and then eventually everyone sort of got their own places and own, own homes and uh, uh, grew up in, in a non-Italian neighborhood, which I think made a huge difference for me. No disrespect meant to if you grew up in Italian, just I just had whatever dreams my friends had, I sort of had some of those dreams too. And my parents had some of those as well. And uh, lots of sports growing up. Um, the uh always a little more mature than my peers on on for some reason i don't know why you know i don't know if my mom or sister would have said that but that sort of in my <laughs> in my uh in my experience you know it was, it was part of to get a bit of an insight into me my sister had a paper i worked for her when i inherited the paper route i got people to work for me Instead of me really doing, I, once I figured it all out, I said, hey, I can convince people to sort of do part of this for me. So I was franchising when I was 10 or 11, effectively, <laughs> my paper route. Um, and, but grew up in Toronto, uh, uh, a bunch of different sports, football and track and uh, lots of leadership positions. Um, not... I didn't, uh, probably more, uh, you know, there's, there's this great little idea that only about 33% of leaders wake up, they come out of the womb and they say, I'm a leader. The rest of us are almost reluctant leaders. I'm probably more of the reluctant leader. And through my experiences, I just sort of moved to the front of the line on some things. And, uh, and I, and a super high risk taker like super high. So I, I first in line to do a bunch of things and, and that served me well for the most part 
mm-hmm. uh, Western, uh, did college pro. And it was really interesting. The, I don't know what you want to talk about, but the, the, you know, when I said I, I was joking about my report card, you know, I, and it's really interesting because this is how I operate. It was, I always talk too much. I always tried to make everyone laugh and not take everything too seriously, but then took everything extremely seriously, if that makes sense. So, and I, one of my philosophies that's still with me is not uh, uh, absolutely take the work seriously, but never ever take yourself too seriously because they're just sort of uh, the world unfolds and you take yourself too seriously, you'll just be uh, underwater most of the time. Um, I definitely subscribe to that idea. I mean, I could maybe even be accused of not taking the work seriously enough either, but uh, maybe I go too far in one direction. You can't out yourself with CEO. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, 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 he's the CEO here. Um, I guess one thing I'm wondering, Tony, we all have in common, of course, is that we we ran a college pro franchise, and I know you you alluded to it there briefly. But uh, what impact did that have on your entrepreneurial journey? I know you said you had a lot of leadership experiences, kind of an entrepreneurial mind and upbringing from the start. But was College Pro a very uh, you know formative event for you? Well, it it was the the and continues to be actually the the formative event. Um, I'll go backwards and I'll come come forwards a bit. But the I have a very weird story, and I think I I told it in the Fifty Summers podcast. But person in the poster, the reason I did college pro is I recognized a person in a poster I had uh, I had dated for I dated her for a little while and I looked out of my political science tutorial looked down I go oh my god I went down I go and I start and then I very quickly not that it was irrelevant that she was in the poster I looked at all the all the criteria and I applied and I because a lot of the things that I had done as a leader or as in, at high school, it, it was in that, it was in that list. And plus it said $10,000 at that time, which I thought was sort of interesting. Um, but it, 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 it's very different than what it is right now. It was very much, uh, you're a little more on your own. Mm. And so your raw material that you come in with really set the stage. I'm not saying that that's not the case right now. I think, but I think there's significantly more training at all levels because uh, we know, we're, you know it's 30 years later, but, um, but in terms of formative, Owen, the, um, I, I, and I didn't find out until I had all this ADHD stuff till much later in life when you know, my son was diagnosed with it. And then the, the doctor said, oh, yeah, that's usually genetic. And my wife and son looked at me. <laughs> but what College Pro what College Pro did is it gave me systems and structures that were repeatable that I could have for the rest of my life. And then, and then whatever natural talent I had was on top of that. So I sometimes will say, you know, it's not my preference. It's my training. And College Pro gave me all these, these this fundamental training on how to get things done. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. Those core skills on how I attack a problem, how I will stick with a problem. Now it's my personality as well until I get through it and process through it. That's learned in college pro. It's just, I'm just lather, rinse, repeating and adding more education and experiences in that. So that it, it was transformative. Um, I like being the boss in that sense. Yeah, uh, that so has, I think that's true. A lot of us uh, still. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and more so like being the boss but also uh like being part of a team of smart people where where go ahead I was just gonna say, was your was your uh, franchise successful right off the bat? Like a strong first year. How how many years? Oh, brutal! Uh, absolutely, one of the like if if I was I was the opposite of a poster child for a successful first year. I I tend to uh, start slow and accelerate, and that's been my almost my whole life. I didn't know that that was my whole life, but that's been my whole life. If I look back and go, oh, okay, so when I'm starting to learn something new, like guitar, you see some guitars back here, or the whatever, I'm going stay with it, stay with it. And then it'll accelerate. I didn't know that, but really uh, because there was so little training relative to what there is now, I just thought like, you know, 18, 18 hour days and learning how to do stuff. And, um, but I uh, didn't want to come back my first year. That's my first year. Yeah. I'm what made you come that, back? Yeah. What, what, what attracted to it? you to the interview initially and then like what happened in your first year that well the the the, po the poster or what it said it was i was sort of like 80 percent connected to okay or whatever the advertisement was it's digital now it was on paper back then but digital now it, it said okay that's interesting i want to find out i want to find out more and when somebody says it's it if you we have a system and a process. And if you can do the hard work and if you've got a certain amount of smarts, you can do well in it. To me, that's like, that's the perfect situation. Cause someone says, oh, so the only major factor is how um, I have a little bit of smarts. I'm okay with people and I can work hard. Done, Let, work, sign me up on that part of it. So that, that part of it attracted me. And because I knew that if I committed to it, I would be fully committed to it, that, that I have no issue with being committed to things. Um, and it was my first year of university. So, it, and I didn't necessarily had worked at a factory the year before. I go, I didn't want to do that again. That's got to um, be a big motivator. I've had that experience myself. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It, it's the best thing somebody can do is, and, and you know, my son just experienced it a little while ago, just the, the hardcore manual labor. I'm not saying that there's there's a lot of honor in that and there's a lot of integrity in that. It's just if, if and if that's what you want, that it's great. And if you the you, you know being a knowledge worker and being you know working physically, those are those are different things. And I think the knowledge work sort of I dug that a little more. And so the follow up question was coming back. Yeah, what it sounds like your first year was pretty tough. What did you see in either like yourself or the program or both that how do you keep going? Well, I didn't think my first year was a complete reflection of me. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of stubbornness that is that how I want to want to be that year to be reflected. I didn't want to go and have other job interviews and say, oh, I learned a lot. I actually wanted to have the job interview and say, I learned a lot and I was really successful that tends to work a little better in the world where you go, okay, great. Uh, we don't need people that learn. We need people that can do stuff. Um, and, and it just, and I, what was interesting is what's wonderful about college pro that people don't always get the, the greatest value in college pro is usually one or two or three years after you've completed it. Hmm. You know, I knew I got a little break, two or three month break. And then I, I signed back on um, to the, and, and it was closer to home and, there's all these good things that were going on back then that and and had next three years as a franchisee for three years that worked really nicely. Um, 
the home that I'm in is because I did that. So it uh, I bought a home. My dad said, take I, my first year as a franchisee, I bought a very nice second year. I was a franchisee, I bought a very nice car. And then the third year, I didn't do much the third year in terms of investment. The fourth year where I made pretty good money. My dad said, well, maybe we should buy a property together. And that, that catapulted, that, that sort of accelerated into money being able to buy a house in Toronto, not too far, five years later. Mm. So. Well, you made me feel like maybe I'm on the Tony Valley path here now. Yeah. I've got the house. So. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so were you, uh, were you, did you move into a, a GM right after that? Or like, what was your story there? Did you yeah. So I, I uh, was a general manager for two years, then went off and did uh, general manager in Ontario. Uh, and I had, I was following the path of a couple of people I'd seen in college pro. So I went uh, to Ivy in, in London, Ontario to, to do an MBA. Um, but it was, I wanted that hardcore general management experience in Ontario and the, the experience that I had received to share some of that experience. And again, I did relatively speaking fairly well as a general manager back there, but very much in my own style. Like my, my style is, a. Uh, it's really interesting as you look at how people get to a result, it, it, it. And, and people try and create formulas to get to a result. It sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So my method of getting to a result was, has always been people driven. You know, I know some, some of my peers at the time or some of my mentors, it's been business model and analysis driven to get to a result. So they, people, but you get generally to the same result. Um, and I, you know, I had a certain way that I, I operated back then probably operate the same way right now and then a heavy heavy focus on people who first i mean i love jim collins you know uh good to great who first then what and when i read that i go yeah exactly because a good person will figure out the problems that, that, that how to solve the problem so that was definitely a theme in i was listening to your podcast with founder of of College Pro, Greg Clark, uh, and that seemed like a theme it was really about the people, and uh, yeah, I mean that was that was really stand out. Which, yeah, I feel like that's what it's all about still to an extent. Uh, that's why a lot of the people come back, at, at least from what my my experience, my years of College Pro. That's a big yeah. You, you there is a there's an imprint. Mm-hmm that if we do that well with young people, I, I have been around for 70% of, of the college pro years, right? And when we get it, we don't always get it right, but when we get it right, it is really about that initiation and that imprint to say, you know, it's, it's really important. And, and that, imprint around culture and how we act, which is a values as much as possible values-based way. And I'm not saying we're always perfect on that, but values-based way. And then the, uh, um, the values and then the uh, focus on the tools to continuously get better, like off the charts. I mean, both of you on this call and Quentin, I remember seeing you at the be- close to the beginning, and now what you've achieved 
and Owen, oh, I, I don't know you, I, I haven't known you in your complete career, but what you both have achieved in a short, relatively speaking, a short period of time, it's because of, you know, a little bit of that imprint, a little bit of that skill development, a little bit of who you are and, and creating, and then all of us feel this, I don't know if you do, I feel this huge responsibility of how do you circle back and, and focus back on the, uh, on the community, the entrepreneurial and business community, but just our responsibility of how do you teach a young person or a person on how to do the stuff that they've got to do in life a bit better. Yeah, so that comes to the skill, the skill models, and I think a bit with Elm, your your business that builds off that. Before I ask about that, though, something that's kind of like standing out right now is I'd love to hear your perspective on what young people are like now versus when you were starting your franchise. Like I picture the good old days, like a nice bright filter <laughs> on life, and everybody's so ready to work, so hardworking, and now we all. I say we because like I'm not putting it on other, on other people now we we want more handed to us I and I don't know if that's just my um perspective or what's been told to me about the different the younger generations I hear it's a a theme across all time that the younger generation is always lazier than the last in the eyes of the yeah and I, I think let's get away and, and I did a, a talk for the for the Canadian Franchise Association and if we have liner notes, maybe we can put that in, in the liner notes for people. Because uh, I think uh, yeah, that's just not true. It's just, otherwise you guys wouldn't be here. Because uh, it, it, I, I know how hard both of you work. So it's just not true. I think it, the, the, and, I, and I do not envy, I think, I think it's actually more difficult to be successful in 2022 than it was when I started. One, it's a lot, it was a less crowded marketplace. Uh, you know, just, it just what it was less crowded. You could go knock on me, you got to get all these leads. And, you know, I, I started on the painting side. So uh, it, it was less complicated. Just understand that I had a roll of dimes to make my phone calls and I had a pager. <laughs> and the actual environment forced you to be excellent mm-hmm. or die. It just was, it just, when you got your stuff to your crews in the morning, it all had to be there. Because if you, they couldn't call you necessarily, like, how are they calling? Yeah. Right. They're calling you by going and paging you and then they page you and where, and then you have to, you want to make sure. So you have all methodologies to make the world more disciplined and efficient that it's, the world is very much full of distractions more than it ever has been. So I think it's harder to stay focused on the most important things than it used to be. And I, and, and, and that's, I'm also seeing that with having kids that are the, you know, college pro age inside the house, how difficult. And it's, it's not that, Oh, the digital part is they shouldn't do it. I just think they have, because it's, you know, all of you are digital natives. You haven't necessarily, I haven't seen a discipline around being a digital, digital na- native as much as we should have. Because we, we had discipline around being analog because if we didn't, we couldn't survive. Just, I think, and I think we found some of that discipline here 
or we're starting to find some of it, but I think that's the biggest, I, I think so many more things hit the individual because that's what our world is. So having to weed through that, it just takes a different level of decision-making and judgment now. And I think that's why it's harder. That's one. The second thing is what I just described earlier, it's easier to get mastery on a few things because you have less things to focus on. Mm -hmm. Here, there are so many things. What's the right thing? How do I focus on it? How do I focus on it? So I think it is, the, the only major difference is that in 2022, someone has more distractions that they have to work through and um, challenges in trying to find what is the right thing I should be working on. Back then, we just sort of, someone told us this is the right thing. Here's a bit of pushback, but we tried to do that. I can, if you tell me something, Quentin, I will Google it and see if it's true. Mm -hmm. Instead of it does maybe seem like a lot of the issues today with kids, like uh, just now that you mentioned, it, a lot of it is that they just have to flex their willpower so much more. I love that you say it with kids, like, man. Like, like we're well, yeah, old, kids old such grandpa. as myself. Uh, we're old grandpas in a in an old age home. You know, the kids these days, and, and well, I include myself in kids. And, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't include you, but, Tony. I'm afraid. Not no offense. But I I I I think the there, it's not an accident, and it's uh that that we have the mental health issues that we do it, it's it is a crisis right now in my view um you know i think I, I think part of what college pro does is it helps people with executive functioning skills and the skills to manage their time manage themselves self-aware uh how do you work with others uh time management all those things that that are these life skills that haven't really been worked on very much in their life. So it, it, it is in a weird way, college pro has never been needed more in terms of what we do with somebody, whether it's a franchisee, multi-year franchise, regional manager, uh, technician, marketer. Uh, it, it, and I still haven't seen training exactly in the way we do it. Yeah. And I, this has been my life, most of my life, right? Yeah. And so speaking of focus um the skill models that we use yes. college pro that brings such focus like i was speaking to one of my high performing franchisees yesterday and we were talking about really diving into a couple of the skill models because uh that's going to solidify her learning uh she's got she she's developed so much you know and then she wants to really focus in and and um yes, get a certification on it, which I think we do really well on as, as coaches, not, uh, not patting myself on the back. We are, we are put through a program that, <laughs> that yeah. forces us to focus on those specific skills. Um, I'm really curious as to how did you guys choose? I don't know if you're directly part of the making of this, but how did you guys choose which skills to put into a skill model on paper and to really dive into? Great. And I, I don't know how much we are going to have liner notes and to listen to my talk with Paul Wollner because we geeked out for about an hour and 20 minutes on this. Yeah, we can and, 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 uh, uh, and with Greg and, and, and when they tell the story, like Greg almost came from, and if you look at the values that we continue still have, it's, it's those 70s values, but still are actually pretty pertinent. Uh, you know, deliver what you promise, pride in what you do, uh, respect the individual, open-minded. We added that, but he, was, he came from the IBM systems 
thing, right? He did, he wrote the manual and then Paul Wollner came from the competence, the application, the experiential learning. And so between that, we had Harvard people working on our skills. That's why, I mean, we've got, uh, and, and what's wonderful is that a lot of those skills are now moving across, they've moved across multiple companies in the last uh, 50 years, 51 years, uh, and they're moving across CSG. How did we decide, this is my story? Yeah. This is my, so this is a, the wonderful thing about when you ask a question, anyone can give you their revisionist history about what they think. Uh, so listen to those things, we speak about it, but what I remember, and this is Greg's part of it, is he had these incredibly driven people that, I mean, not unlike you two, like actually they just stay with things, but what was happening, the things that they were doing wasn't sustainable. So, and we weren't investing in them for it to be sustainable and distribute all the skills to know that next year, everything would still be here. Mm-hmm. And the year after that, everything would still be here. And so you have two options and, and Greg, and I asked Greg, and at that time he, he had an option to invest in more computer systems, or in skill development. And he chose skill development, which I'm very thankful for. But if you think about, and this is a thesis that I have that I continue to have and, and try and operate with, you know, the way you learn things, you know, there's uh, what, what we try and do in the skill development is if, if we give you a good framework in which to learn something, you'll learn at a higher speed and more effectively. Mm -hmm. right versus it being sort of all over the place and you have a lot of open switches and that's the thesis and so if I was working uh if I was working with you and you weren't in college pro and I was trying to help you become better at working with somebody else there's two options there you just tell me how's it going and we'll problem solve or I can say hey here's a repeatable way that if you use this way You'll do better, they'll do better. And I can even give you feedback on how you're doing on it. And you own that. And so what, what really worked well back then is there's all these competitive people and they were getting certified and I wanna get certified in a three and a four and blah, all that stuff. Uh, and they just went on a frenzy, but there was this other secret thing that was happening. They were all getting better at stuff. Yeah. Better at conflict, better at coaching, better at problem solving. And, and it was forced thoughtfulness and reflection and self-awareness because everyone was just driving the heck out of the business, but they weren't stopping and investing in everybody and making sure that the organization got better and could self-sustain. And it, you know, if you look, so, uh, and by the way, this was a group creating with the direction um, um, with the direction of, of Paul Walner, this was a lot of these things were written by the original, you know, in the eighties by the college pro people with some help from Harvard people and learning, learning people. And then in 1999, uh, myself and Paul Heyman, we took all those things and put all our, um, all our focus on revamping based on our institutional knowledge that we had gotten in the 15 years since we started, right? And now at Clear Summit Group, we're revamping them almost again, and you guys are revamping some of them again to adapt them to our current situation. But why those skills that happened? Because 
we were basically depreciating the asset by just using the raw energy. And we didn't want to do that. And, the, and then philosophically it became really, really important because uh, we feel it. I mean, our, our core purpose is together realizing potentials. <laughs> and that is, it either is or it is. And, and you can't have half measures or at least I don't feel you can have half measures. And, and I think, um, I think on one of our calls recently, and maybe I said this or said it to Aaron, one of the things I'm not cool with is us not focusing on skills because it's our secret sauce. It's yeah. our secret sauce. So it's funny to me that you mentioned the, the story there of, you know, Greg Clark at the original, you know, piece kind of feeling like it wasn't sustainable and having to come up with these systems in place. And I think that's probably been the exact journey that every franchise has taken since, you know, to contextualize this for the audience, my first year running a small window cleaning company, I was doing all the door to door myself, trying to expand the business, do a lot of the marketing. And by, you know, the end of July, you're just, you know, the, the will to knock on more doors is draining quickly. And I guess the big difference from my first year franchise and my second year franchise was that I actually invested. I, I had learned that I needed to invest in sustainable training and skill development for my employees to make sure that I wasn't the only one who was capable of competently, you know, growing the business or, you know, same with the job site management and every other piece. So it's interesting to hear that, Tony, but I guess I'm wondering, um, you talked a little bit about those, you know, skills on the skill model, whether that's, you know, selling or conflict resolution or what have you. And then uh, a little bit about sort of the uh, soft skills, the executive skills, you called them uh, earlier, whether that's, you know, your self-discipline or your personal time management. I guess, um, aside from simply college pro, how do you recommend that young people go and cultivate these skills today? So what experiences and opportunities do you think young people should be seeking, you know, looking for? To, to develop those skills in a world that, as you say, is, is it's more difficult to find them naturally. I, and I, and I am biased a little bit. I think one of the generational things that happened is that everyone is taking a longer time to do things. I think that's actually, if you look at people are buying houses later, not because of the house prices only, but buying houses later and other things are happening and they're just taking a little longer to stay in that, growth and maturing phase let's let's put it that way um the best way to think about it owen is is that life's a contact sport right so the experience part of it just go do something i don't care what you do just go do something and know whether you like it or not it doesn't have to be your whole life and and if you get to <laughs> Like, I, I think we're like a premium, premium, premium opportunity because you can go do something and someone coaches you and it's shoulder to shoulder and helps you do a bunch of things. Go do something. Um, try and have some level of mentorship and, with someone that's farther down the road from you and someone that's near turn that you trust, near near to your age that you trust. That's, that's not, you don't want, you don't want yes people you want truth people and if you find that by the way it's super rare and third use use every google everything and learning and do your research i think the the and and the way to think of learning online right now and there's free like i i'm I, i'm committed to actually technically learning the guitar better so I'm, I'm doing e-learning stuff, right? And I hate that. I, this, that's not my learning stuff. I just want to go play and, 
and and I'll feel my way through it. But the actual fact is technically I can improve my guitar playing. So online e-learning, but e-learning is only one section of it. You have to actually experience anything that someone can experience in that contact sport. And maybe it's analog, maybe it's digital. It doesn't really matter, but somehow it's changing your behaviors towards something that you want. Um, and the and, and a lot of it is about consistency. Uh, one of my favorite authors right now is James Clear with Atomic Habits, um, which is consistency, not intensity. If I I, you know, and I was saying this to somebody, I hit a like recently I hit a bunch of my different five year goals that you know, around music and around some other things that I was doing, I'm, I'm looking at what, I, what do I do now, want to do in the next five or 10 years, but that's only because I knew the science of behavior change inside out. I don't always do it, but so that consistency. So be patient that you're not going to get a quick fix. Right. It just doesn't work. If it works, it's a one in the mill in a million, but that find find a place where that, it, it, where, you have to create that space for yourself, but finding mentorship, getting experiences, getting it's a contact sport um, and really figuring out the things that are going to make you successful and have consistent application of those. I know it's boring, right? That's boring. Maybe I should be saying, follow your dream, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know any other way to get my dream unless I'm good enough to get my dream. When you talk about revisionist uh, personal history, maybe that's the case with what I'm about to say, but when you say do something, I think that's one thing that I have been good at and that I credit a lot of my success with, like, like coming out of high school, I was in the army, I went through basic training, did a year at RMC, and then, you know, when I came back and had a year off at home before I went to business school, uh, just the way it timed out with my release from the military, rather than stay at home for a year, I, uh, you know, backpacked Europe for three months and I went tree planting for four months and I, you know, just tried to spend as much time doing things as possible. I think that that really does, does make a bit of a difference. So I definitely would echo that advice, I guess. Yeah. And it, and it, and it depends on how you do that backpacking. Are you curious? Are you drinking it all up? Are you present? Are you learning from that? Or, you know, drinking, drinking it all up in different ways, maybe, but the, um, but it's just like, and, and to what, like my, in some way, maybe it's not healthy, you, you, you tend to say to what end are you doing something and if you know generally what end it doesn't have to be perfect that tends to help so and, and i guess i feel stuff. like to me like it was i did it alone i was solo so i yeah. feel like just being like in my own mind you know you talk about like some people are afraid to be alone today i think that that's that's the truth i don't know if you feel that way or not but being alone and self-directed in a different content yeah. where i didn't know anyone with different languages like that had its own like psychological development uh, for me. I think it was. Yeah. Amazing. And it, 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 what's interesting is I, I actually, over time, you're never alone, but it's, it's that comfort with being alone when you need to. That's one side of it. The other flip side of it. Uh, I, I, uh, I like partnership models and doing things with other people because I learned the, the yin and yang of that uh, is important. So so that's a perfect segue. We don't want to keep you too long. Like we said, you have a hard stop at five o'clock here. Um, and I think we're both excited to ask, speaking of partnerships, uh, you're co-owner now of yeah. College Pro. Uh, yeah. So how does one go and buy a company? Is there a marketplace? Huh. How does that work? Um, 
I don't I don't know how much I'm supposed to say about all this stuff. The the you know, I had an exit. I think I said this in the other podcast too. I had an exit in 2017 because I tried to buy it in 2017. I tried to buy the whole thing in 2017. Uh hopefully it won't disappoint any painting franchisees that are listening to this, but the painting had been on the decline. We College Pro helped build this great half a billion dollar, six hundred million dollar company called Certa Pro in the early days, and it grew up this great company. And painting just became more complex. And and the the a young 18 to 20 year old didn't dig painting as much. And I and if someone said go start a student painting company right now, I wouldn't do it. So my whole my big idea in 2017 was let's start to reduce the painting and increase the window cleaning. And I tried to buy the company. That was the thesis. Tried, you know, I had about a month to get financing. It didn't work. And then I thought the world's telling me it's time to leave. So I did. Uh, and in that time, I consulted and ran away from franchising as far as I could. And then I came back because I knew franchising, but also the idea that, that franchising could provide this decentralized business ownership uh, was very powerful to me. Um, and I met Dan, I've known Dan Monahan, who's my partner at Clear Summit Group, probably 2022, probably eight or nine years now, we served on a board on the International Franchise Association. So uh, <clears throat> he looked at the business in 2017, it didn't make sense. And what happened in 2019, so I left, uh, you know, uh, thinking big thoughts for a couple of years was consulting um, with, with uh my consulting company doing a bunch of work in franchising and executive coaching and i heard actually that college pro was for sale and uh when i i talked to charlie chase back then i said well dan should look at it i wasn't dan's partner at the time i said this is perfect for the portfolio that dan has uh, and because I knew all the numbers for college pro, I haven't changed that much in two years. You know, I, I, I talked to Dan and it was a really simple thing. He did a bunch of the due diligence two days before we were supposed to put an offer. And he called me and said, I can't run this. I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to run it. You sort of know it. Do you want to run it? Do you want to buy it? Uh, I hadn't necessarily, so that was an interesting conversation with my wife. Um, cause I'd left college pro and I said, I probably wouldn't go back, but I've gone back four times. Uh, you know, I didn't talk about the stuff I did at the franchise company, which was leadership development and, and run a company owned business. And, uh, for our, my old parent company, our old parent company, <clears throat> but I, you know, it was about 24 hours said yes. And then we put the deal together to, to buy it and put it under clear summit group very shortly after that, within four months, I became managing partner. Oh, and College Pro, I was CEO of College Pro and responsible for College Pro, but how you buy it. And I, I had been part of lots of purchases and sales at the franchise company uh, is a bit of a no brainer because of my intimate knowledge of it. Right. And, uh, and the fact that we could, it would make sense in the portfolio of Clear Summit Group. Um, uh, so I, 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 I don't know how technical you want to get Clinton on how we bought it. But that's how we bought it. It was, it, it, it's literally in that you let lawyers and financial people do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And then on the, on the periphery, Dan and I are, are the entrepreneurs looking at it. Say, are we getting, how, how are we going to structure this and talking to Aaron and 
And uh, I think the big thing to think about is, you know, College Pro is a great uh, talent creator and has been for 51 years. And, and the interesting thing, College Pro, we're using that talent for College Pro right now. And we haven't done it in that way maybe for a few years. And, and you know that some of your ex-peers are with with uh, some CSG companies as well. So that's working inside. See, that thesis is starting to work inside the CSG. Um, we're, we're about to roll out, uh, you know, in the old days, we have this thing called the Jumpstart Certificate. Do you remember that? Yeah. Where we're, we're giving people opportunities for full-time franchises or multi-year franchises inside College Pro and inside CSG. So they, they really can start with equity in their brand and their companies if they're road tested with college pro so we believe so strongly in the road testing of if you if you've been able to get to the end of the summer if you can get to the end of the summer in college pro man you've done something and again it, it is it's those rites of passage that have been in college pro since the beginning that is, it's, it's the energy of the individual, it's us working with the individual, it's the imprint of college pro, all those great things. But if you can get to that, we want to keep working with you. Obviously, it's, it's, there's an assumption of values, right? I've done it in the right way and all that stuff. So I, I don't know if that answers it. I don't know if that answers it. Yeah, no, I think Tony will probably have to have you back on for part two, because I feel like we could dive in to a bunch of different things here. Um, last question that I have, I don't know if Owen has any other ones for you right now. What does a day in the life of a CEO look like right now? Great question. Lots of zoom right now, which I, is my least favorite thing. Uh, a day in the life of the CEO. I'm sort of six days a week right now because I'm managing partner of some other, uh, uh, of the portfolio. And I'm in a, and I've been in the last two years in high creation mode. So, uh, you know, I, I, I spearhead the academy internally, um, but I'm really thinking about the future and, 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 and working with Aaron on the future of College Pro and the things that have to happen. Talent, talk a lot about talent. Talent's the number one strategy. And then starting to say, okay, given that strategy, what's the playbook to execute that strategy from many companies and in college, and then a little bit of skill development, meaning I'm, I'm still working with some people on things and then lots of one-on-ones. So all those GSNRs, I'm a huge believer in one-on-ones and, and high-performance group meetings. So probably three high-performance group meetings. Um, uh, with with companies a week uh, or more and you know have about six direct reports and inside staff people and, and leaders inside the company so lots of moving those plans and we use a we use a system called traction internally so working within that traction system and and really i i try and protect i don't have a lot of calls on fridays so i protect that to get work done and think big thoughts I've taken a page out of your book. My Fridays, no meetings tomorrow. <laughs> it has to happen at some point. You got to recharge from all that. Sounds like a lot of a lot of conversations, a lot of working with people. a lot of conversations. And I need just like Owen, you're I need quiet time to really think. And and I'm ruthless on 
you know, the five things that we talked about at Clear Summit Group and at College Pro and at the Academy, um, you know, nutrition, sleep, uh, stress management, um, exercise and connection. Mm-hmm. So at any one given time, if I, I could actually document how I'm doing on those things, because I think they're that important to everything else. I've been getting super complicated for most of my life. If I get those things right, a lot of other things go well. So I also, uh, I make sure that I'm balanced enough on, on all those items too. So, so I find to be true, uh, over the years too, is those, those five, if I have those right, everything goes well, regardless you got of it. planning. And, and that's, and, 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 and then you sound like a wise guru. If you're coach, you know, you're, you're giving someone else that advice, just execute on that. And your performance is you, it's usually a three to five X. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've definitely, you've definitely given, given us some words of wisdom. Thank you so much for coming on. Honestly, thank you for uh, making being a part of making sure College Pro continues. Like that's had of such course. a positive impact on myself and Owen and, and so many people. I think we all kind of love what love what we do. And I, I love that you do as well. Honestly, you uh, you summed it up really well about yourself. You're very uh, you don't take yourself too seriously, but you take the work seriously. And that's because, I mean, I think it's pretty important what we what we do. And I've always appreciated that about you. So thank well, you. For coming on. I actually do have one final question. Does oh. the license plate say CEO? It does. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, I, I don't know how much time we have. Uh, two things. One, if you remember, if people, if the video gets inserted somewhere of our 50 summers, uh, a call that we had with a bunch of our alumni, the world still needs college pro. And I, I'm firmly focused on that. The number one thing, and Jim Erskine, I don't, and I, I, from my MBA, he said, don't ever put any credentials behind anything ever. And if you look on LinkedIn, I say what I've done, but I put MBA, CFE, no. That all of a sudden you start to think that that's what you must be <laughs> instead of just doing your stuff. So no, I don't, and I would never put one on. I don't think. That being said, you'll probably come and I'll have something on my car. But no, I don't. I don't really believe it. It's, it was phenomenal advice. Put everything in your back pocket and just go get stuff done. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you, Tony. Of course. Have a great day. We'll talk to you guys soon.